This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening wherever it is that you are streaming from or on our YouTube page, 323 Network. And thank you to all the new listeners and followers if you've been finding us on TikTok. That's right, I am on TikTok now, giving you customized clips and all that TikTok jargon that we're still learning, you can find us there or on any social media at 323read. Forgot my name for a second. At 323read or at 323read. That is with an I. Don't feel bad if you're misspelling it with two E's, though. I still have family members that are spelling my name with two E's. Folks, we know that for many, sports are an escape. But sometimes you need to escape from sports. Take me, for instance. All of my uh, favorite sports teams are not great. Any news about my football team is either about the owner testifying in front of Congress or our, one of our lower depth chart receivers getting cheated on by his girlfriend with the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. If I want to look to basketball, we just paid Bradley Beal an ungodly amount of money. I don't know why, but that's Wizards basketball. Soccer is soccer. I know those things are DC United. I don't know what those things are. And in baseball, I can always look to the Nats, or I used to. Now our star player Juan Soto has turned down $440 million. That's how bad he wants out. Yeah, I want to escape from sports. So what do we do when we need to escape from sports, our true escape? Well, we go to the movies with Travis Byram. That's what we do. There is a lot in the movie world to talk about. It's one of our favorite segments to do. It's one of your favorite segments to listen to, apparently. So, how can we deny you? How can we deny me? How can we deny Travis? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to go to the movies with Mr. B. It's time for At the Movies with Mr. B. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, at the movies with Mr. B is back. Travis Byram is back at the movies with Mr. B, brought to you by Sony Pictures Morbius, starring Jared Leto. It's Morbin time, Travis. (laughs) My favorite movie of the year, man. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we're back just to even bring that up. That movie was awful. I can sincerely tell you that was I went into it with low expectations. Went into it sincerely low expectations. Uh I don't like these Spider-Man spin-off things for villains that are lesser known. They're doing a new one called El Muerto with uh I think it's Bad Bunny. 
is the lead and that's the only draw for the movie for a character that has only appeared in I think half of one comic in the entire history of Spider-Man El Muerto then there's Morbius with Jared Leto and I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt because Jared Leto as much of a human shit stain as he is (laughs) can sometimes sometimes slightly act with talent but holy shit that movie was it was truly bad. Like it wasn't even enjoyably bad. It was just bad. Reed, can I ask you what was the what was the worst aspect of it? Because uh, I've heard a lot of criticism of it. Haven't seen it myself. <sighs> the editing, honestly. Oh no. The editing was. I and it's not even something I. I love to watch the aspects of film. I love to look for cinematography, for different effects, for score, everything. But editing isn't something I will totally notice all the time. And the editing for this movie was distractingly bad. And it just made a completely incoherent movie. The pacing was all over the place. The story was all over the place, but I didn't care about the story anyway. The acting was remarkably shitty for a what was a talented cast of Leto and Matt Smith of Doctor yeah. Who fame and uh, Michael Keaton had a very enraging cameo in the movie as his uh, Spider-Man villain Vulture from uh, Homecoming. The movie was just bad. Just bad. And they tried to meme it into a sequel. They tried to meme the uh, it's Morbin time and all of that shit and bring it back because they're like, oh, it bombed in the box office. But it's doing so well getting shit on by Redditors and Twitter alike that let's throw it back in the box in the theaters. We're going to get this to sequel money. It bombed a second time. Hey, how does a movie bomb twice in the span of like six months? Oh. You were right, Travis. We don't talk about Leto, but we had to talk about <laughs> Leto to start this. When I heard about that, it was that is that is one of the funniest things I think the internet has ever done. Was somebody to bring Morbius back just so people could hate watch it? The internet cyber bullied an entire movie studio. I've never seen that happen. It's and it is fun. It's so funny when the internet decides to cyberbullying is bad. Let's get that off from the start. We're both we <laughs> disclaimer. Both, we work with kids. We should say cyberbullying is not yes. great, but it can be funny when it's used against something like Sony. Uh, in the sports realm, this happened a couple years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with Nickelodeon and Nickelodeon trying to get into the NFL game. And no. they and Nickelodeon had a playoff game with the Bears, I think, and there was a very awful quarterback named Mitch Trubisky. Nickelodeon allowed the fans to vote for the MVP of the game, which they called the NVP, the Nickelodeon valuable oh. player. And okay. the internet decided to just come together and vote for this truly awful quarterback who was having a terrible game and made him the overwhelming MVP. Cyberbullying works. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of was um, the 
the stupid People's Choice Awards bullshit that the Oscars pulled this year. Right. People voted uh, the uh, the Cinderella movie with um, Camila Cabello. That was like number two. I don't even know where you find that movie. Like, I don't even know how that... Under a rock. <laughs> right. It is it like the power of Camila Cabello that did that? Are her fans that strong? <laughs> like, I don't even think she's the best member of that Fifth Harmony group. No. No, I don't think so. Now, do you do you think that in due time, when the meme has worn off, do you think Morbius reaches a level of so bad it's good cult status? Or is it just garbage? I think it's just garbage. Because <laughs> I think like the first Venom movie was one of those like so good or so bad that it's enjoyable. But right. this one, like there wasn't even an enjoyable aspect. There wasn't anything entertaining about how bad it was. Like it wasn't unintentionally oh. funny or anything. It was just truly bad. And if it were to get a sequel, like I'd, it makes no sense. I don't even see how you bring that character back. And Leto, <laughs> Leto seems to thrive on it. He thinks it went well. Morbid time's up. <laughs> oh, there was, okay, moving on. Let's move on to the actual topic sheet that we have and something that is annoying. Clapping. Clapping at the end of movies. <laughs> I think because we talked about the reaction to like <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home and I know when I saw it in theaters it was a very fun experience there was a lot of clapping and whooping but sometimes the clapping went on a little too long like over dialogue some of the yeah. scenes were like it seemed like shot for applause waiting for a second for applause <laughs> um clapping yes. at the end of movies that's not something I see too often though like it was like, oh, this was so good. This, and I've done it in the past. I remember like years ago, and I thought it was like a phase, like a phase. But the Cannes Film Festival has come and gone. It's a big <sighs> thing every year. It's one of the big uh, film festivals every year. Can you tell us what you know about the Cannes Film Festival? Well, you know, I, I think I think what you're going to get at is Cannes is so <clears throat> so notorious for having these extreme polarizing reactions on both sides. A lot of times, uh, like when I read IMDb trivia, it'll mention this movie got an eight minute standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Why? How, <laughs> yeah, how? How? <laughs> I, was, I was at an awards ceremony uh, the other week for my kids and like, you had to applaud for each one. And like five minutes in, I'm like, my palms are getting really sore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you go for eight minutes? That's crazy. And then also the other side of that coin is, oh God, just the, the, the screaming and the yelling and the walking out. The French are so dramatic. Sorry to all our all your French listeners, but they're so dramatic. They are extremely dramatic. We do have one French listener, apparently, with oh. the end of the year, how you can see the audience. So apologies oh, to you, person. Sorry. 
and sorry, to your Jacques. people, but <laughs> sorry, <Jacques. laughs> but Elvis premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. This is the upcoming, or whenever you listen to this, the biopic about Elvis Presley, starring Austin Butler, Tom Hanks as the uh, stereotypical movie biopic manager mm-hmm. who's going to ruin him. Uh, it got a 12-minute standing ovation. I, Absurd. I don't know why or how, and at the time when we were doing this topic sheet, that was the big one, but I don't, and I can't figure out for the life of me what movie it was, but there was a report that one movie at that festival got a 24-minute standing ovation. How can you clap for 24 minutes? What do you do if you're the director or anybody that's going up to talk about the movie after you just sit there and take it? Like, it's so awkward. It's uncomfortable. Maybe maybe it's uncomfortable to me. Maybe these people with egos love that long-ass standing ovation. But I would think after about eight minutes, it's sarcastic. It goes into irony. Right. Yeah. At some point, you're making fun of me. Like, <laughs> it's like Carrie. When she gets, she's up there, she thinks it's going well, and then the pig blood comes right. down. So Elvis got... You would think with 12-minute standing ovation, it's critical acclaim, but it still got mixed reviews even at Con, even with the 12-minute standing ovation. I personally don't know how that movie's going to do. I'm not a Baz, or, uh, Buzz Lerman fan, per se. Mm-hmm. His style doesn't really do it for me. And sure. I'm not a particular Elvis fan. I really only like um, one song of his. Which is uh, we can go on together. Suspicious Minds had to sing it oh. to get the name of it out. Okay, that's nice. the only one I like, and I would only watch the movie up until they perform that song. You have until Suspicious Minds to really wrap me in. If I'm not into the movie after that's performed, I'm out. It's turning off Listen, right there. Producers, you better put Suspicious Minds on the end credits so Reed Murphy watches your shit. And if it's not in there, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. You're going to get a 13-minute standing ovation from me. I'm going to be pissed off about it. Were there some other notable films or takeaways from this festival? Because there can be some big premieres here. Uh, I I am not sure. I know there was um, several Japanese movies that really got a lot of acclaim. I'm blanking on them right now, but... um, from what we were talking about, you know, why <laughs> why did they clap so much for Elvis? Uh, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Like, my mom's really excited about the movie. I feel like it's a big it's a big mom movie. You know, I feel like they missed <laughs> they they missed the opportunity to release it on Mother's Day. I feel like it, it really would have done like Bohemian Rhapsody numbers. Um, I didn't realize till much later in life how polarizing Elvis was as a figure, you know, in pop culture, because my mom just worshipped him. So I was like, oh, everybody has to. And then I kind of saw the culture vulture kind of side of things. Um, I I am typically a fan of Boz Lerman. I like Moulin Rouge. I liked Great Gatsby. Um, more ambivalent on Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that one uh, that that threw me off. Um, but I'm I'm tentatively excited uh, to see how it's to see how it's going to be. Uh, I, I think I'll probably see this, but 
I hope in some way they can acknowledge the debt that he, you know, owed to so many other, uh, you know, more formative black musicians before him. 100% agree with that. And I don't, I still cannot figure out what the 24 minute movie was or the 24 minute standing ovation was, but one movie that did get a five minute standing ovation there, Top Gun Maverick. That was at Cannes? They, they premiered that there and he got a five minute standing ovation from the French. Wow. That movie has, no pun intended, taken off. It is soaring. It is killing it right now. It is ultimately kind of reignited the theaters and box office for older viewers. Sure. But we went to go see it. I think it was the week after it came out. Heard all the praise for this movie. Heard all the acclaim with it. <laughs> oh, he muted himself while he coughs and does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I think we still have the other cough still uh, saved up somewhere in the other files. Oh. Oh. oh sorry, Reed. <laughs> but Top Gun. It brought back yeah. the older viewers. Yes. How was it? I personally see i'm a fan of the first one and the first one it took me a long time to see because i wasn't like a big uh you know i was a kid and it was an old 80s movie and i wasn't like a huge tom cruise guy but my dad who was not a tom cruise fan per se but he and my mom insisted on me seeing this movie finally watched it some years back ended up loving it it was incredible was excited to see this one. Wasn't sure how exactly it would go. Because these, you know, these attempts at remakes, reboots, and sequels to 30-year-old movies, however fucking old this one was, 40, year old, 40 years old, 30 years old? Close to 40, yeah. We saw Maverick. I thought it was incredible. It was the most locked in I've been during a movie experience probably ever. Like I was literally sitting kind of on the edge of my seat. I was every all of the flight scenes were incredible. I was felt like I was in the plane. There were scenes where they're tilting, so I'm tilting my head too. Just locked in the whole time. I thought the performances were really good. Uh, Cruz was very good. Miles Teller was awesome in it, and it gives me hope for Miles Teller. And reignites the hope that he can get past his uh, reportedly douchebag ways, <laughs> diva ways, because he's a fantastic lead actor. He held his own charisma-wise with Tom Cruise. Uh, Glenn Powell is somebody. He plays the kind of Tom Cruise role from the first movie in this mm. one as the hothead, egotistical asshole pilot. He is a young dude who is fantastic in this show with Emma Roberts and Jamie Lee Curtis called Scream Queens that Mm -hmm. aired on Fox some years back, and he played douchebag frat guy. But he's fantastic at that role. He's got charisma. I'm glad he was in it. I'm glad he is getting a lot of praise for the movie. Overall, it was just fantastic. It was great. I was glad Tom Cruise acknowledged his age in it. He was allowed to be called old man and grandpa and pops throughout the movie. Um, 
not a fan of them, you know, bowing down to China and removing his Taiwanese patch that was supposed to be on Maverick's jacket. They CGI'd it out of the movie after China noticed oh. that. But uh, other, otherwise, it was a very fun, exhilarating movie. I can honestly see it when they were talking about Oscar talk for it. I could really see it sneaking in as a Best Picture nominee. I would like it to get a Best Picture nomination for the Osc- for the movie and for the Oscars themselves to acknowledge you know, a blockbuster, something that yeah. would really excite people to see it nominated. And I think the movie would actually deserve that kind of praise and awarding. It, wow. it, it did it did remind me of how true of a star Tom Cruise is and how good at that at being a lead actor he is and how much passion he puts into his movies like you see those videos of him screaming at all the people during the Mission Impossible filming last year because he did not want them to break any covid violations uh he, he you could see the love for this fucking character and for this movie that he had doing this. He looked like he was really having fun and it radiated and make you, it makes you have fun with the movie. I can see why a lot of people call him potentially the last true movie star that we have in Hollywood. When you say the last true movie star in Hollywood, do you, who do you think of that's currently in Hollywood as an actual movie star? Somebody that will like draw you like those old school kind of actors yeah man so i i do have um a list saved for later but <clears throat> some of the people that i put as my um runners up and how i kind of went about it for movie star was a couple of criteria it was name is has to be top billing yes. has to be the lead um brings in money yeah and just kind of the charisma on screen and off um and i feel like nowadays there you know a lot of the stuff is driven by properties right and i will agree i don't think i don't know if the movie star is dead but i certainly don't think just having a name anymore will get people to come out and see you, unless you're one of these people. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, is so selective in what he chooses that when he does decide to come out and do something, it is an event. That uh, I, I've, I've been battling with that all day. I've been battling <sighs> with that all day. I feel the same exact way because he, yeah. he doesn't put out a lot. <clears throat> You'll get maybe one movie a year from him. But when you do, you're interested because he does everything he does is going to be good. So he does draw an audience. Right. Absolutely. Um, Now, I can't say the same thing for him being a director, but usually when he's on the poster, uh, I I at least think it's got to be good enough for him to star in it. Someone who did not quite just make my top five of all time uh, was Denzel. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, he's just he just he's a commanding presence. I've heard so many people say who worked with him that he just 
he just outacts everyone in the room. You kind of just have to step back and watch him go. Yeah. I think Denzel is a draw. And, you know, for a certain extent, and I haven't seen her in a while, but for a while there, even Hunger Games stuff aside, Jennifer Lawrence was one of the brightest movie stars that we had. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I remember that time. She was doing she was right in there. She was on the cusp of getting that solidified status because she was drawing people in. And then she started doing things like uh the joy. I think it was called yeah. Joy and uh yeah. Mother, which was good, but it was polarizing. Very. But I'm glad that you before we get into this top five list of all time movie stars. <sighs> Which is going to be a fun one. I'm glad that you, one, brought up how, excuse me, that currently it's almost, it's IP. It's the the IP, it's the properties that are driving what you go to see. Because somebody brought up about how we don't have any action stars under 40 that really draw you in like the old days of, you know, Bruce Willis and Stallone and Schwarzenegger who would draw you in for these big blockbusters. Now you're going Marvel movies. They have Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, all the Chris's (laughs) that you can ask for, but you're not really going for them. You're going to see the guardians of the galaxy or to see Iron Man or whatever. Jurassic Park movies are the same with Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is the lead of these big movies, but any you could have thrown any lead actor in there. You could have made Jared Leto play Owen <laughs> in those fucking movies, and people were going to go see Jurassic World. Um, yeah, I I I like your criteria for uh, what requires to be a movie star, and the only change I have in there, along with you know being a draw, you have to draw in crowds and draw in money. You have to have top billing like Tom Cruise with Top Gun Maverick. His name is literally, if you watch the commercials, Tom Cruise is almost as big on the logo as Top Gun. Synonymous, yeah. That's the draw. I also threw in there range. I did, for my criteria, I have to have a little bit of acting range because one one of my OLIs outside looking in is Dwayne Johnson. He did not make the cut on my thing because he is wholeheartedly a draw. No doubt that he is a massive, he's, he's franchise Viagra, as they called him for a while. <laughs> he was That's coming great. in and saving all of these movies. Um, and he has charisma for days, both on and off screen. But almost every single movie that I've seen him in, he's playing The Rock. He's he is literally the rock, and there's never any range for me. I can't see him as whatever character he's supposed to be playing. Even the Fast and Furious movies is probably the most different with Hobbs, and he's just playing the rock instead of playing Dwayne Johnson. Uh, maybe there's some earlier stuff that I missed, but outside of you know Tooth Fairy and all these <laughs> things, it's just Dwayne Johnson. So he did not make the cut for my list. Um, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson also did not make my cut just because I don't, he can be a great lead actor 
and he is he has been a lead actor most of the time but he's pretty much always like a supporting role for it he will draw some interest but a lot of also other times lately he's just playing samuel l hitman's bodyguard he's just playing you know samuel l cussing i think i, I think he has gotten to a folded in point in his career but that's just for me i still love sam and i love when he does things like django i love when he teams with tarantino and people can draw out this different side of him yeah but those are my those are my olis it's time to jump into this travis this is going to be one of our our best top fives ever i've been looking forward to this one ladies and gentlemen it is time for the top five movie stars of all time five four three two one this is the three two threes top five Oh shit. Here we go again. Oh shit. Here we go again. It's time for the top five movie stars of all time. Travis Byram, are you ready? Easily. I mean, easily. The most difficult top five i've ever done in my life but i am ready reed it it was it was challenging as hell i'm you know what i think i will instead of us doing the trade-off i am just going to hit you with my top five i'm going to roll mine out real quick and let you react to it and everything because i'm much more interested in yours i want people to hear yours we're going to put all the hype and pressure on you (laughs) uh number five just to kick it off and some of these, if you have an angry reaction to one of these, because number four, I feel like, could warrant and elicit a reaction, because it did when I tested this out on my mom earlier. It's Jared Leto. <laughs> it's Mormon time. <laughs> no, but if you if you got the reaction, get mad at me, because it, it it's understandable with number four, but it also might spark something, because it hit me first in my mind. But let's get number five. Ooh. Will Smith. Oh, we got the same number five. Hey, look at that. Ben Simmons, you crumb bum piece of shit. That's not the fanfare. <laughs> what was that from? That was a guy who hates Ben Simmons. Philly fan. He hates him. Oh, I thought that was Will Smith. <laughs> no, no, we do have, where's, we do have the Will Smith. <laughs> I can, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah will smith number five i'm glad we both see that he's a draw undoubtedly superstar he has the range king richard oscar uh slap okay he's got it all he's got it all he has to make the top five for me even though he has made some very questionable decisions throughout his uh career Sure. But overall, you can't you can't doubt Big Willie style. Number four for me, Adam Sandler. Oh <laughs> all time oh, wow. movie stars of all time. Wow. I will admit, he's not the best, naturally, but I think my for my criteria when I was putting it all together that you have to be a draw, he would draws the same crowd all the time he usually 
his movies will make money no matter what it is from Happy Gilmore to something like You Don't Mess With the Zohan that ages awfully after, uh, you know, 12 <laughs> years when I saw it and loved that movie and realized, holy shit, that's racist now. <laughs> um, he does have the range, though, too. I think shown from movies yeah. like Uncut Gems and uh, Spanglish from the mid-2000s. Rain Over Me. Rain Over Me. He has a new uh, movie out now on Netflix called Hustle. That's, that's supposed to be very good. He's supposed to be very good in it. And I will defend the hell out of Click till the day I die. That <laughs> Click is an incredible movie and one of his best performances in it with a very it's a wonderful lifestyle like i think it's the perfect it's a wonderful life remake i i will defend adam sandler as a top five movie star of all time hot hot take summer over here with reed murphy holy moly we're we're starting season two out hot it's morbid time it's sandler time (laughs) number three I went very classic. I, I tried to make sure to look at this equally and not woke. I didn't want, you know, I didn't have to make a qualification that you have to have a woman on the list. I did want to check, though. I wanted to see. I was like, there has to be some, because every name I was coming up with was just some other dude. I was like, there are plenty of female superstars over time. And my number three is one of those. Liz Taylor. Excellent. Elizabeth Taylor, Cleopatra herself. Uh, Oscar for Butterfield 8. She was a massive draw throughout that golden age of cinema. Everybody knew her name. People still know and recognize her years after her death. And she was a game changer for studios. And how you do those contracts. She was ready to retire because she was hating the roles she got. Ended up getting a working her new contract and picking her roles, enjoyable roles for herself in creating a lavish career. She is one of the all-time greats, I think, in every facet. The one that almost got the spot, though, was Marilyn Monroe. And she had it as a, with the superstardom, and I just think her career and life ultimately were cut way too short for us to see everything that she could have really done. She had the range, but never really got to show it. She was typecast, and sometimes purposefully, she was able to create an empire out of that, you know, the dumb blonde role. Yes. But she was a, she is an icon and a symbol, and I can't wait for that Netflix movie starring uh, the love of my life, Ana de Armas, (laughs) as Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my God. NC-17, too. Oh, God. (laughs) Number two, Tom Cruise. He made the list. This isn't one of the... I didn't put together one of those lists. We said it all. He's got everything. He's got the smile. He's got the constructed face that he's been doing little surgical things to since Risky Business. He has all the charisma, and he has range outside of just playing Tom Cruise which he's done for the good part of the last two decades. Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise and Top Gun, Tom Cruise and Edge of Tomorrow, but occasionally you'll get something like Tropic Thunder thrown in there, which is a hilarious performance by him. 
Uh, you have Oscar-nominated performances like Born on the Fourth of July. You have Risky Business. You have his original movie, Taps, which is a recommendation to everybody. If you haven't seen Taps, check that out. He's got a fantastic, insane supporting role in it. Okay. Tom Cruise, number two on this list. Number one for me, though, Clint Eastwood. Oh, wow. Gruff old man, Clint Eastwood. I think he's just, he's had it. He's had it for years. He is 90 years old, still a draw, still draws interest in something that he's going to be starring in, like Cry Macho from last year. But he has always just been the most commanding force, I think, as a lead on screen with all of his westerns, any of his action movies like Dirty Harry. But he also managed to show range with the western that he directed, Unforgiven, uh, with the best. his boxing movie in 2004 where he played a coach, a Million Dollar Baby, he got an Oscar nomination for that. And he's done romance. He did a romance drama with uh, the Bridges of Madison County, my mom's favorite movie. A true oh. like tearjerker, just a beautiful performance by him in that. He's got the range for it all. And I'm not counting directing in this, but he also has that to his name, too, is just being an incredible director and just churning shit out, even going here at 90. Uh, you obviously have to separate art from the artist with all of these things, like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, right. asshole. Clint Eastwood yelled at a chair during the Republican National Convention. Never he forget. He's 90 years old, Western tough guy. I don't want to know what he thinks about certain things. I'm glad he doesn't put it out there. But he is number one on my list. Those are my top five movie stars of all time. Travis, your thoughts? Wow, man. That was really... I. Oh, this is... Maybe this is says a lot about me. This is embarrassing. Clint Eastwood, I mean, didn't even... I didn't even think of him, but of course he's a he's a goat. Uh, love the inclusion of Liz Taylor. If you ever feel like you know you're like good at acting, watch Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yes. Uh, watch uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. It will help you. She's uh, she she was just oh god, she was so sexy too. She was such a force. Yes, she had um, everything. <laughs> of course, I agree with you uh, with Will Smith, Tom Cruise. I, I, I understand Adam Sandler would not be on my pick, but certainly at least for our generation and the generation just right before us, I mean, an Adam Sandler movie was an event. It was what you were going to quote to your buddies at the cafeteria for the next two weeks. And I just want to see him. I, I think he has showed us to me. He has showed us his full range of dick jokes, poop humor, and uh, sophomoric stunts. <laughs> I think he needs to go fully in that direction. No more Hubie's Halloween. No. Oh, I forgot about that. But that was a promise. <laughs> Hubie's Halloween was a promise to the Academy. He said, "If you don't, if you don't nominate right. me for Uncut Gems, I'm going to make the worst movie of my career." And I think that shows range. <laughs> That he put that shit right out. It's a man who carries through with his threats. Goddamn right. (laughs) So, yeah, I just want to see more 
punch drunk love, rain over me, spanglish, uncut gems. Um, God, just more of that, Sandler. I want to see that. But otherwise, very, very solid top five. Reading. Thank you. Thank you. Do you agree that Uncut Gems is the most anxiety inducing movie of all time? I was watching it, and at some point, and I was watching it with my family, I put my hand over my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and my mom did not like it for that reason. And I get it because, I mean, it's just, it reminds me of like when you're in the classroom, when I was, when I was teaching and you explain something and 10 people out of like 11 don't know what the hell you're talking about. And they all talk to you at once. Yep. That is the feeling that I got when I was watching Uncut Gems. And I think to create that atmosphere is really an achievement. Mm -hmm. And it came out the same year, I think, as The Lighthouse. And i that's why it took me so long to see The Lighthouse, is that I could not. I heard the same stuff about it psychologically. I was like, mm, can't can't oh. do this for a while. Yeah, I had to have a, a, a nice warm glass of milk after The Lighthouse. <laughs> Let's jump into your top five. Travis, if you are ready, we have number five. Yes, number five. And be right before I get into that, I did want to do some quick runners up. I'm going to go by them super quick. Oh, yeah. In no particular order, just oh, yeah. as I thought of them. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I think the person who gets butts into seats right now Leonardo DiCaprio, I think he is the biggest movie star we have right now. Mm -hmm. Just me. He was on my uh, LLI with that too. Yep. Uh, I got Denzel Washington. Uh, absolutely. The Sidney Poitier of his generation. Just uh, just a man who commands respect. Mm -hmm. I, I could not imagine him taking a supporting turn these days. He's just, he's just magnetic. Yeah. Uh, I've got... Uh, a lot of my list is a lot of classic Golden Age Hollywood. I got so close, couldn't quite pull the trigger on uh, Betty Davis at number three. Mm -hmm. Catherine Hepburn at number four. Catherine Hepburn, the only, I got so close to the top five with her. The only thing holding her back is she would occasionally just go into that ball busting yeah kind of you know kind of role where she was just a firecracker and i love her for that i just wanted to see a little bit more from her but you can you know her career is untouchable i kind of grouped these uh two together uh, uh fred astaire and ginger rogers uh i've seen i haven't even seen too many of their uh, i've seen maybe five or six of their movies and uh you know the plots don't matter they are just an absolute spectacle. Mm -hmm. uh, and both have very good uh, solo careers as well. Uh, Jack Nicholson, it killed me not to include him in the top five. Damn, I forgot about Jack. It if if there is if there's a top ten, Jack is number six. I mean, he's just right there. I he's one of the most charismatic people ever. Yep. Uh, Brad Pitt is more i would almost say a more would almost go into the james dean marilyn monroe i think his status as an icon and just like he's the name you think of when you think of celebrity almost overshadows what he has done uh 
Quentin Tarantino described him as a character actor trapped inside a leading man's body. I think he is great in supporting roles. Yeah. I don't mind him lead at all. You look at 12 Monkeys, you look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, he's interview with the vampire. He's a great scene stealer. It is insane. That is insane about Brad Pitt. That is a perfect description of him. It's such a weird yes. career for him in that he is commanding and one of the biggest stars probably of all time in Hollywood. Yeah. But there's just something that's holding it back. And yeah, it's, it's just, just like that. Because we just watched <laughs> The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum the other night. And Brad Pitt oh. has like a very extended cameo in the movie and he steals every part of it that he's in he's hilarious in it he's got the upcoming uh, bullet train that's coming out that looks yeah. fantastic with him yeah i wish I, I don't know what it is that just holds that back for me too because i kept thinking of him i was like i just can't put him yeah. in my top five i know it just i was thinking of fight club i was thinking of benjamin button i was thinking seven and it's like maybe for top 10 character actors yeah uh Number eight, Marlon Brando. It took me so long to understand why he was so compelling. And I finally did my research on it. And before Streetcar Named Desire and Marlon, you know, acting was very, you delivered your lines like this. And then the person said their lines. And you delivered your lines like this. People in the movies talked like movie stars and Marlon talked like a real person. Mm -hmm. Even though it seems small, he, <laughs> he coughed, he would mm -hmm. grunt, he would mumble, he would, you know, he was very realistic and, of course, pioneer of the method acting, even though he was a giant asshole. Yes. Uh, number nine, uh, these aren't like Fred and Ginger. I group them together just because they have very similar energies, and I won't elaborate any further. Jimmy Stewart and Tom Hanks. Yes. Identical dad energy. Yes. <laughs> yes, I've always thought like Tom Hanks is the modern day Jimmy Stewart. Absolutely. And this is, he's probably not going to appear on a lot of lists, but on number 10, he is one of my personal favorite actors, one of the best actors in international cinema. Um, I think Javier Bardem mm -hmm. is one of the best talents of all time. Uh, total range. He can play Ricky Ricardo and Anton Sugar. He can be a Bond villain. Uh, one of my favorite roles of his is a man who can only uh, communicate um, by, uh, oh, he can only uh, move his head and see inside. Uh, totally commanding. But number five, oh. as you said, you got to get jiggy with it. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Present circumstances aside, um, he is definitely the most modern person on my list, by far the top five. Um, he just oozes charisma out of his skin. He gave birth to charisma. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he dominated television and there was only, you know, one direction for him to go. He's great in biographies. Uh, he's great. He's a great action star. He's, I mean, he has everything you want and he's magnetic, you know, in every single uh, second that he's on screen. 
I want him now, if he ever can recover from this, maybe five years down the line, who knows? I, we got to see a kind of anti-hero in Hancock. Mm-hmm. I want to see full out villainous Will Smith. Yes. I think he would kill it as a villain. And I think his, his, his ego to a degree keeps him from that. Yes. Because he, I mean, even when he talked about turning down Django Unchained because he didn't see Django as like the full villain or the full hero in that mm-hmm. movie, I think he'd be a fantastic villain. I've always thought like he would make a great Lex Luthor in a Superman movie because he has the charisma to be that kind of asshole, but he has the power and the he, he could throw in some terror in his acting range. I think he has all the range to do it. He could have done it with King Richard the way that Richard Williams actually fucking is, but they yes. made him a lot more, uh, you know, charming and lovable in this, but he still showed the asshole off in that and Suicide Squad. Yep. I I think that's, I think now we've seen him be uh, the villain in real life and uh, yeah, I think that would be a great next career move for him if he is ever able to get back on the screen. Yeah. And number four, Harry Grant. Harry Grant. <laughs> Harry Grant, you talk about range, you talk about being handsome, you talk about charisma. I was very close to putting Humphrey Bogart on here. The only thing is Bogart played Bogart so much. Yeah. The only really out of Bogart character he was was the treasure in the Sierra Madre, where I easily think it's his best role. But Cary Grant, uh, you want to see him be funny and uh, super zippy. Uh, go watch his earlier screwball stuff and bring in a baby. You want to mm-hmm. see him as kind of a mature romance action star, ducking the plane, go see North by Northwest. One of the most I iconic mean, shots in movie history is from that, is Cary Grant oh, running from that plane. Man, he is just uh, charades with Audrey Hepburn. Um, you can just, there's just dozens of Cary Grant movies and heard in real life, he was actually a really sweet guy. Um, every single time I watch him, it just puts a smile on my face. Uh, he is so, he, to me, he was just the exemplar movie star, uh, for decades on decades. Yeah. And I have so many more that I need to see from him, but, uh, I just love revisiting him. Number three, I've got the triple talent, Judy Garland thought about putting judy garland judy garland was yeah. all eye for me but yeah undoubted <laughs> she's yeah and even uh aside from wizard of oz which could have landed her on this list alone as being uh you know i think she did that oh god i want to say 16 maybe 15 um and meet me in saint louis uh, the 1954 A Star is Born, her dramatic performance in Judgment in Nuremberg. Uh, I mean, she is an icon. Yep. Uh, and I think she is more in the ranks of Marilyn Monroe because of um, how 
much of a legend she is to the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a huge ally to them in her life when it was not smiled upon no. to be that. Um, gorgeous vocals, as anyone who can tell you that listened to Over the Rainbow knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great dancer, a great dance partner uh, with Mickey Rooney. And oh my goodness, I am blanking on it right now. I cannot think of it. Strike up the band. Yes. Anyone who's listening to it, it's from 1942. It is the most batshit insane musical <laughs> with her and Mickey Rooney. Strike up the band. She is perfect in it. Uh, Judy, uh, eternally a movie star. That's 100%. <sighs> Number two, Charlie Chaplin. Oh. Damn, how did I forget Charlie Chaplin? I know, man. He I had to, meets I had everything think. that I was thinking about. <laughs> he is... There were many before him. There was uh, Buster Keaton, mm-hmm. um, for example. Many silent stars before him, but uh, I don't think anyone gets quite as close to icon status as truly the icon as yeah. Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I only rank him in second place because I don't think he got to show off enough of his range. If you want to see him in a truly dramatic performance, watch The Great Dictator, which yeah. is important to watch now more than ever. Um, but for truly timeless comedy that I think you could show your kids, I think I could show my first graders. I think you could put it on now and they'll be maybe like, why is it black and white? It will make you laugh. Yes. My mom says she laughs every time Charlie kicks someone in the butt. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. funny every single time. So inventive in front and behind the camera without saying a single word. Uh, Charlie Chaplin is, uh, yeah, he's timeless. He will always be influential people will always recognize that name of chaplain or the face if they see a picture at the very least and i think that is that is a major factor into all of this is that he was able to be one of those silent film era stars that could still make the transition and still as talkies came into play was still able to have a career and still continue to be an icon a lot of actors a lot of great silent actors lost their careers and lost everything when the transition to talkies happened he was able to command his presence and transition smoothly into that new era Ten thousand percent man now do you have a guess who could be number one jesus uh uh you thinking i you know what i got it jared leto <laughs> It's Mormon time, baby. Yeah. Mormon time. Number one, uh, someone who will uh, likely not appear in uh, Morbius 2, uh, I think, probably the greatest movie star, actor, performer of stage and uh, film and television. Uh, Meryl Streep. I, you know what? 
I was thinking, I was like, oh, this to be Meryl's, is it Meryl Street? Meryl Street? Yeah. And yeah, then I, and you said TV, I'm like, Meryl Street? And then I forgot, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies, Angels in America. Yep. Um, yeah, there, you know, some of the, even some of these people on the list, uh, like in the honorable mentions, you could watch them and be like, oh yeah, that was a, that was a paycheck roll. Um, I'm still yet, even at her wackiest, even when she was the witch in the woods, um, I have never seen a Meryl performance that could even be described as subpar. She just commits everything to the role. Uh, I recently watched Sophie's Choice this year. Uh, I advise everyone to. The movie itself is not great. Uh, she's trilingual in it. Uh, she speaks English like a Polish person would speak English in it. And then she speaks German to seduce a Nazi. Uh, she's got the musical chops in Mamma Mia. Uh, I found out that that was her real singing voice. I was like, damn, Meryl? Uh, whenever you see a Meryl Street project, you have an idea that this has to be at least worthy to get into her hands. Um, the smallest of roles she can elevate and uh, she completely transforms into anything. She is an absolute chameleon. Uh, you can do Meryl Streep um, impressions of her characters. You can do, you know, you can dress up as Miranda Priestly, you know, yeah. or uh, someone else, but you can't, it's hard to actually do Meryl Streep because she blends into whatever it is that she is with. Uh, she's got a face for the screen. She, I think, is the greatest movie star of all time. I, I can, I can understand how you would get there. I, I can understand it. I am always scared of the one hot take that I have with film. And I do appreciate Meryl Streep. And I there are performances like Sophie's Choice that I truly love. And I see all of that there. But I, and I'll back up and I'm going to whisper as I say it, totally without confidence, I think Meryl Streep is overrated. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Oh. I don't know. I don't. My God! <laughs> I can, oh, okay. I get, oh. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I there. Wow. I do love Meryl Streep, and I think that she's very fun to watch, but sometimes I just think that she's just going for an Oscar every time. I think that she's just, she's doing a little too much. <laughs> I think I thought that, said, tone it down, Meryl. Tone I, it down. I thought that with Big Little Lies when she had this moment. Want to hear? Okay. Ah! Mary Louise, please, please. <laughs> My grief is too loud for you. <laughs> it's just a little much. Sometimes. Sometimes. Guttural scream. <laughs> But I do, but I do appreciate her work, and I do. Th there are a lot of times that I, I 
truly do love her performance. The Post is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, and I thought she was incredible in that. So I could be the crazy one, and I don't want to... I, I truly do not want to kick that hornet's nest that is the Meryl Streep hive. Woo! Oof. Oof. Buzzing. I can't believe you that you said that she's overrated. Great list, Travis. <laughs> How dare you call Meryl Streep overrated? I thought that she was great. Because you can, this is, that's the magic. That's the magic of 2022. You can switch things up on somebody really quick. (laughs) It's a hot take summer with Reed Murphy. Hot take summer. Hot take summer. Oh, that was a great, those are, that's, we were very right to believe that that was going to be a fun list to do. Absolutely, man. Thank you for that one. Travis, as always, we like to close out at the movies with Mr. B with a review from Mr. B himself. So what do you have for us today, Travis? Yes. So recently, uh, and I, I guess this ties in a little bit. Um, I haven't been to the theater uh, too much recently in this past month as the school year came to a close. Uh, but I would like to recommend to people and it, his filmography is only seven movies long, but check out if you can. I know we mentioned uh, Mother earlier. Uh, the works of Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. I am, I have become, I binged a lot of his stuff that I had not seen. I am a huge fan. And I think, I believe later this year or perhaps next year, he's got a movie coming out about a severely uh, obese man uh, trying to reconnect with his daughter called The Whale. And it's starring Brendan Fraser, and hopefully what will be his comeback. We're all rooting for Brendan. I didn't know Aronofsky was doing that movie. Yes, yes. And it totally took me, like, there was, uh, in Greensboro here, there was a local community theater who was doing it, because uh, it was based on a play. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of kind of an interesting take. And then it's like, oh, Darren Aronofsky's doing it with Brendan Fraser? Um but yeah, it is, he is such a good um, capturer of uh, intense emotion. Uh, I personally think his greatest film is Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to bottle up a nightmare and uh, put it on screen for two hours, uh, instead of the D.A.R.E. program in fifth grade, they could have just showed us that. They really could have. touched heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the wrestler, I think is, uh, my favorite sports film of all time. Uh, black Swan absolute, uh, masterpiece with Natalie Portman. Uh, and if you're feeling a little more advanced, a little more risky, uh, check out mother. Yeah. Uh, be sure to read up on your, uh, on your local Bible, yes. uh, before you watch mother. <laughs> yes. You do have to do a little research. Yeah. And, uh, 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 I just saw Pi, which is about a man who thinks he can crack the code of the universe if he gets all of the numbers of Pi. And it's a really good precursor to Requiem for a Dream. You see where all those influences come from. Uh, but yeah, I've been on an Aronofsky kick. Um, not crazy about The Fountain. And uh, his take on Noah's Ark had uh, rock monsters and Anthony Hopkins searching for berries. That was so, that was a weird installment to his filmography. Very strange. I know a lot of it got muddled by the studio. A lot of it, they were like, "Hey, bro, we, we can't be we, we 
can't do all of this that you want to do. Yeah, we're making a biblical uh, epic. We're trying to make the yeah. biblical cinematic universe. <laughs> oh, don't give Kevin Feige any ideas. Oh, I just threw one out there. Oh my gosh. Chris yeah. Hemsworth as Jesus. <laughs> you know, I can walk in the water. Uh, that was more. I can't realize I can't do a Chris Hemsworth impression. That was much more of a uh, of a uh, Sir Sean Connery as Jesus. <laughs> They're going to resurrect on. Sean Connery. I can walk on water. Jesus you know. Christ. <laughs> and the Rock. He's playing both sides, this uh, Judas. Kevin Feige, you're welcome. You're welcome. Y'all go check out Darren Aronofsky's movies. He's great. Check him out. It's crazy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize it's only been seven movies for him, but fantastic filmmaker. Fantastic young, youngish, youngish side. Yeah. He's going to be doing this for a while. Got a lot more left in him. Check out the Darren Aronofsky filmography. Take your time with Mother. Go and watch that during a, on a sunny day. With the sun, yeah. you know, the sun out. That's a that's an experience. But all of his movies, fantastic, fantastic review, Travis. Fantastic as always having you here. This has been at the movies with Mister B, sponsored by Sony Pictures Morbius. <laughs> it's Morbin time. Travis Byram, thank you for being here, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to next week's guest. Meryl Streep. Ah! <laughs> well, I can, oh, okay.